just bring them. Be like, yeah. just come see this movie. And then they'll love it. And they'll watch all the stuff. Play the score for your friends. Have a party. Be like, guys, you got to listen to this. It's called Third Date. And it totally slaps. Because it does. You can be like, there is a wood chipper dragon in this. <laughs> like, if that hasn't sold it, then don't even come. Hey everybody, welcome to Dragon Academy Dropouts, your weekly dive into the DreamWorks Dragons universe. And the hidden world is here in America. It's been everywhere else for at least a month and a half, but... We finally got it. We have acquired the dragons. And they are pretty much everywhere, except for maybe China and a couple other places. But as all of our hosts have been able to see the movie now, we wanted to share our thoughts and review the film and just kind of fan out because I know we have a lot of opinions and thoughts to share on the movie. So this is very, very spoiler filled. So if you haven't seen it for some reason, um, first question, why not? Second question, why did you click on the episode if it says Hidden World Review? And third question, Toothless Dies. There you go. Spoiler. (laughs) That's not Uh, a question. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but now I've ruined it for them. Yep. How does he die? Go see the movie. Mm. How does he die? Mm. Toothless is killed by Hiccup. And Spoiler alert. First for killing Stoic. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining here. us here on Dragon Academy Dropouts. And this was our Dragon's TED Talk. Thanks for coming. This is our TED Talk. Okay. The hidden world is here. Remember back when there was about a thousand days left on the countdown and now there's negative one days? I'm uncomfortable. This is weird. It's like a good weird, but also... Like a sad weird. It also kind of feels like it hasn't come yet. Do you guys have that feeling? Like I've seen it yeah, a bunch of times now and it hasn't really sunk in that it's over yet, I think. I think the excitement is still high. It hasn't really dawned on us for real that like this is it. Mm-hmm. Hiccup and Toothless are dead. It's over in one way or another at least. I think because, at least for me, I've been in this fandom for since the beginning, pretty much. So for the past, like, 10 years, there's always been something dragons to look forward to. And I don't think that feeling has sunk in for me, that this is it and there's nothing really left. Spoiler alert. There might be something left. Yeah, but... Mm, but okay, I'm not going there it's... right now. That's another episode. <laughs> for Hiccup oh. and Toothless, though. When do you think it will set in that it's over? Like, um, do you think there will be a moment where you have like this crushing moment of grief? Probably. When will you have the feeling of the crimson gore gutter <laughs> stepping right onto your stomach? I'll That's the kind of grief work. that... <laughs> it'll just hit me and I'll just start crying in my office. And people are like, what's wrong with you? And you're like, the gore gutter is here. <laughs> the hobgobbler. <laughs> Moosey boy. <laughs> We're going to talk about the new dragons in a couple minutes, but you know. Yeah, no, I don't know when it'll set in. I'm hoping it doesn't, and I'll just have this weird feeling that there, there's always going to be something else. It kind of set in after the first time I watched it because I was really nervous and kind of like sad going in to watch it the first time. Um, we went to one of the 
early previews at the beginning of February. Mm-hmm. And as I was watching the movie, like I couldn't fully like immerse myself into it because in the back of my mind, I was like, hmm, last dragons, gotta savor it while it lasts. So I feel like I didn't get to like completely appreciate everything about the film. But the second yeah. time, I was really able to get more into it and kind of immerse. And I was too yeah. hyped up the first time I saw it that I was like, wow, 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 wow. And then I didn't really take anything in. I was just like watching it. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited that I didn't really remember all of it. So the second time that I saw it, it yeah. I kind of like focused more on things. I mean, for me, the second time I saw it was just like surreal and weird. So it was really the first time and the third time. The second time is like, I don't even know what's happening. What was it about the second time that you were like, oh, this is weird? I I went to an advanced screening. It was like the strangest thing because it was like one of these. So I guess Universal finally learned something from the last two Dragon releases, which they were not doing. But they learned something, which is that word of mouth. I mean, I think fundamentally speaking, Dragons has a problem with marketing because who would ever, unless you're in the know, go to a film called How to Train Your Dragon? Like, let's be honest. I love dragons, but who would do that? And Universal, they know this. So they're like, well, let's get people in and have them tell their friends, go see this How to Train Your Dragon movie. And they did that. And somehow I got to be part of that. And so I went into this, this like word of mouth screening. That was the second time. Advanced screening with all these. I, I could not figure out who these people were. Because they had, like, spots reserved for, like, here are universal VIPs. And I was like, don't sit there. And I'm like, I'm not a universal VIP. I'm a normal person. So I went to the normal people seats. And it was like, who are these people? Like, their families? They, like, they were the most... I don't mean this in a bad way. Because technically, I was one of them. But they were the most generic-looking people <laughs> I have ever seen. <laughs> like, it was like, you know how people want to make backgrounds characters look like diverse and it's like they were designed by the crowds department is what i'm saying (laughs) they probably were maybe right but it was like all these different people from all these different places they all look different it's like families young and old it's like they're not even the they're not really even the people who i would even assume would be going to see an advanced screening of this film right which tends to be like more like people our age right but no it wasn't it was like just this crazy group of like i again don't mean this in a bad way totally generic looking people and i saw it there and it was weird because like i don't know if people knew things about how to train your dragon like some people did because some people were crying and stuff and and were like talking about oh yeah toothless is the black one and the white one doesn't have a name so they knew things but it was like it was so weird so i couldn't i I was mostly there to figure out like who are these people who are seeing this film have you ever thought that maybe you were the weird one, though? Oh, I because certainly was. you somehow got into this advanced screening by going to the NBC store. Yeah, it was weird. I got into this conversation with this guy who was there. Um, I asked him, like, what, what kind of, like, uh, what's your favorite dragon thing? Right, like, you have dragon items. We all have dragon items. We're here getting posters signed. We all have dragon things. What do you have? And he's like, well, I really like Zipplebacks. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I have tickets to an advanced screening. And I was like, that's awesome. Because I assumed he meant like, oh, you know, I pirated the film and like we're showing it in my apartment. <laughs> I was like, well, all right, you know, um, I'm not super into that, but, you know, good for you. But it's like, no, no, really. He pulled out of his bag, like really legit looking tickets to this advanced screening. 
because apparently he worked for the studio or or somehow is involved with Universal and so he gave me this advanced screening ticket so anyway that was the surreal chapter of my life maybe not the most surreal I've had more surreal but pretty high up there so I really as much as I enjoyed it I don't know if it was really enjoying the film as in just like what is even going on so yeah the first time I enjoyed the film a lot third time I enjoyed the film a lot and the second time I enjoyed something a lot but I don't know if it was the film <laughs> I will say though that the marketing for this film is has been a lot better than the second one at least because I remember when Dragons 2 came out and they were releasing like clip after clip after clip after picture and it was like you just felt like you saw half the film through clips and this one, it was like, they picked like four or five specific scenes in the film. And they're like, okay, we're going to show these scenes at Annecy, or we're going to show these scenes at TIFF. And then we're going to release little clips of these scenes for everybody else to see. And it was like, just those three or four specific things that kind of made their way into the trailers and everything. And I don't know, I felt like I was less spoiled this time when I saw it. So That's good. Yeah. I wasn't around when they were doing it. Well. I was around. I'm not four. You weren't four, around. But <laughs> I'm not four years old. But Sarah wasn't born yet. <laughs> Just kidding. You caught me. She totally was. She's the podcast child. She's actually four years old. <laughs> I'm the token hickster kid. She's anyway. the boss baby. <laughs> I am the boss baby of this podcast. Continue. Um, I wasn't involved or in the know of dragons when the last movie came out. So when people were talking about, oh, they're releasing so many clips like last time, and I'm going to be so spoiled like I was last time, I was like, really? It's too much? And honestly, I haven't heard anyone come back around and say that, you know, how I was saying they were releasing too much at the festivals, and I was right. I really did feel ruined with the movie. I haven't heard anybody say that. So no. they must have been doing something right this time They picked what they chose. Good, they picked good scenes to release, too, because it was like building up to something but you didn't really feel like you were spoiled or something it's like okay what happens next type of thing yeah so i think they did really go to that but yeah like i remember people got mad last time because it was like every every week for like two months or something they'd release a new clip and you'd be like holy cow like let's slow down or like <laughs> new pictures would come out and like i don't know i just remember going in to see dragons too and like guys in front of me were screaming out stoic dies stoic dies <laughs> and like, what like oh my god but no well, you this can't was blame good. universal or, or fox no for that that's one. not marketing for that but no it's just i it's just, just felt those really, guys. really spoiled yeah those guys just sucked those guys but no this one i felt like the marketing was really really good at least i felt like that i don't know maybe there's a bunch of clips out there that i haven't actually seen it doesn't seem as much as last time to me. I really don't know the process behind how these clips are selected and trailers are created and released. And I don't know how much of that is Universal versus DreamWorks versus Dean being like, we want this one. So. I feel like a lot of it's Universal, though, because I know, like, even Dean said on Twitter, like, they wanted specific shots for their trailers and they didn't have them. So they had to create a bunch of scenes that weren't in the movie because people were calling it out. They're, they're saying that why isn't this scene in the movie? It was in the trailer. I didn't see it. And they were pretty much just like, yeah, they wanted specifics and we had to make them. 
because we didn't have the movie finished yet. Can I pat myself on the back for a second? Because that shot with Hiccup with the beard and Toothless in the background, I said on our trailer review episode, I don't think that's real. I think they made that for the trailer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they did too, because Toothless was just so small. It was weird. (laughs) (laughs) A tiny boy. He was a tiny boy. Like, I think they could have checked in with the animators there for a little bit and be like, is Toothless the right size? And they'd be like, maybe make him a little bit bigger. (laughs) Okay. So since we're talking about specific scenes, let's pivot toward talking more about the movie in general and talking about some of the things that we really enjoyed. Was there any specific scenes or moments that really stuck out to you as being real, well, just in general, standout moments from the film? Yes, definitely. Mine was, um, actually mine was kind of two scenes. The first scene in the film where they're all trying to rescue the dragons and they're all working together and it goes really, really badly. And, um... Astra goes, oh, we need more practice. We need to practice more together or something. And then the uh, last scene where they're all doing that again on Grimmel ships and Fish Legs just goes, oh, it's almost like we're like a team or something. I loved those because it's just kind of like this great culmination of how they've come together as a team. Like in the first film. Yeah. In the first film, they're just like these little kids and dragon training class and like none of them were really friends or anything and then we have all the tv shows where they're like building into teams and getting really close and then the second movie didn't really have that which I think is why I liked this one more because there was more interaction between everybody and then just to see that like them working together and there's that really good scene where they're all kind of fighting and like somebody does one thing and then it leads to fish legs doing something and then snot loud doing something and no that that stood out the most to me because that's one of the things that I really liked about the franchise was just seeing the growth of everybody kind of coming together that's something I really enjoyed seeing as well just like Mm -hmm. the everyday interactions in some of these scenes yeah in the great hall when they're having dinner the big party where all the drunk guys are throwing hiccup around and just seeing tough nut pull hiccup aside and make jokes and see Astrid rolling her eyes in the background and snot loud being snot loud and also seeing how Eret fit into everything too. Um, That was one thing I was interested to see in this movie, just how he would be incorporated, how close he would be to the team. Mm -hmm. And it does seem like he's pretty integrated, but seeing how he kind of was held back at the end in the final battle and he came in with Volka and Gobber, he wasn't like part of the core dragon riders. Um, was very interesting which I think that's fair yeah I liked that because I was kind of worried about that but um no that's what I really liked is just seeing everybody work together and grow together and where they are now and I don't know this that just stuck out the most for me and every time I've watched it I'm like oh I really love that <laughs> but, yeah and I think that's something that older fans in general just really like getting out of the franchise more is seeing the connections and the interactions between the characters and the development of the relationships which we enjoy the cute dragons too that's, oh yeah that's true but yeah and that I goes along with the dragons too because like in the tv shows and the movies they're all working with their dragons too right it's not just mm-hmm. them so it's kind of the growth of everybody into one big team max what did you enjoy what scenes stuck out to you 
Well, so there's one scene that I think didn't really do it for me. And it wasn't because it was... It was actually a good scene. But, and I... Like, everything about it was perfect. But for whatever reason, it was like, it just didn't do it for me. Um, but I think I'm going to save that for later. Because that goes under constructive criticism. Not favorite scene. <laughs> so, okay. Favorite scene. Um, I liked when Grimo was making the dragon juice. You know, the, the death grabber, the juice, the juice. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really like juice. So that's, that was, for me, that's a positive. Wasn't that venom? <laughs> yeah, but it was. in Max's vocabulary, it's juice. Dragon okay, juice. <laughs> The, 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 the death grippers are just a really juicy boy. <laughs> the crimson gore gutter is the moosey boy. Hobgobblers are the beach ball boy. <laughs> and the death grippers are the juicy boy. Dean, if you're listening, write that down. Anyway, continue. Oh, that was all I had to say. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk about the I'll talk about the scene that didn't really work for me when we talk about constructive criticism. So Max okay. likes the juicy boys. Yeah, I do. Oh, did I talk about the nightlights? Love them. Oh my gosh. That was a good scene. They're so small. I don't know what it is. Every time I've seen the movie, as soon as they pop up on that rock coming out of the hidden world, I just start crying. Like it's like flipping a switch. I just start bawling. <laughs> like can I can I say something controversial? <clears throat> Go for it. The Hickstrid Siddle Shittles. The, the Saddle Childs. Just yes. <laughs> for those oh, not in the know. Um I don't really like them as much as the dragon babies. I mean, they're cute, but like the nightlights are amazing. I love how their powers work. I love how they look. I love how small they are. I love that Toothless has kids. That's adorable. It's adorable. That's not controversial. You're allowed to like some characters more than others. Yeah, but I said I like them more than the Sididdle Chittle. That's okay. You've never been like the biggest shipper, so we should probably Have find I not? out what that is. I just want to say it to whoever pointed out the saddle babes in that one clip like a million years ago when they're like, there's a kid there. And it was there's like a kid this in the tiny saddle. blob of <laughs> one pixel of yellow. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, there's no a way. Kid there. And Nowhere, like, no way is there no. a kid there. And there so that was. I'm, That's there ridiculous. There was a baby. I'm like, what? Like, I was so so anti child theory. I I made a blog called saddlechild.tumblr.com. I, I was like, where's where's everybody seeing this? I posted on that blog. Hickster and Sigital Shittle. Because like I was like, no way. <laughs> and and when that clip comes out in the future and there is no saddle child, I would post that and just to make fun of people. But now I have to post it <laughs> and be like, Yep, there was a Sigital Shittle. You can't be right about everything. Yeah, I was wrong about so a lot. Kudos to whoever pointed that out. That was some yeah. seriously. I just I feel like they might have been reaching a little bit, and it just happened to be right. Because there's Maybe. no way you can look at that and be like, "That is a child." It was like one tiny pixel of okay. blob of yellow. But anyways, that's just how small nothing is. New think. I'll or take was the it? eldest. Or was it? Um, what's the other child's name? Oh, Zephyr. Zephyr. The normal one. I like that name. The name that Astrid That's picked. That's normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good job, Astrid. Um, before we move on, I would say my favorite scenes, it's kind of between two. Any of the scenes that were dialogue-free between the dragons, 
So you don't like dialogue? No, I just think that the way that these scenes were presented with the music and the emotions coming across between the Light Fury and Toothless was just great storytelling. I think that it, that was really well done. And you really didn't need a character in the background being like, oh, look, he's doing this. Or wow, this is what she means. The characters were so fully fleshed out that we could follow along with all these actions and understand exactly what emotions were being portrayed, what interactions they were having without having it spoon fed to us. And John Powell's music just made everything so much more yeah. beautiful and dramatic. I just think those dragon interaction scenes were absolutely beautiful. And then there's my completely biased love of the conversation between Hiccup and Astrid on the cliff where she has that parallel of her conversation with him in the first movie. And I just that. the way that she was open and honest with him about her feelings, about how she changed him. And it was just like, touched me right right here. I'm patting on my chest over my heart. It right touched now. you in the stomach. <laughs> that is like what Light Fairy did to In Hiccup. my upper right quadrant. Hiccup would be like, oh yeah, I knew the Light Fairy was right, but Toothless, as soon as she touched me right in the stomach. <laughs> my spleen. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of a sucker for the parallels between the movies in general. So. Oh yeah, there were parallels. We should put that on the list. Hickstrid as well. Yeah. So many parallels. The hand parallels. I didn't even notice that one the first time. The reverse hand thing. That was the worst one. Uh, That almost made me cry. Yeah. So there was was there was uh, it's like a forbidden friendship parallel. Again, this is like one of these things where it's like uh, I'm pretty sure that the main character of this film is toothless. Like, not Hiccup. Forget Hiccup. Hiccup's side character. He's, like, one step above Tough Nut. He is. is like, Toothless is the main character, right? Because, like, think about the parallels. In Dragon 1, we had uh, a forbidden friendship, right? Which is between Hiccup and Toothless, right? And Hiccup and Toothless, they get that bond, right? That's the first bond. Bond number one. Or the main bond. And in this one, we had a forbidden friendship scene. Pretty similar. In, you know, in the clip we saw, the scratch music was even for Britain Friendship, right? Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it had a lot of the same elements as well, like the drawing on the on the sand. It had the, you know, light fairy bats, right? That's the only other time we've ever seen Toothless Bat is in Forbidden Friendship and mm-hmm. light fairy bats, right? So there are a lot of, like, those kinds of parallels in that scene. Uh, By bat, he means taking her foot to Toothless's face, like, bat, 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 bat. No, that's not what I mean. Wait, what do you mean then? I mean, when she sleeps like a bat. That? Like, oh, <laughs> I thought you meant like when she hits him. Sorry. I mean, I don't think Toothless ever does have to hiccup, does he? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I was trying to figure out when Toothless in the movie, hiccup he kind in the of face. Does. In the context, the good point. Yes, good point. <laughs> she does indeed bat him, but I'm talking about hanging like, from the tree. Okay, sorry. Yeah. She bats, just like Toothless bats in, in Forbidden Friendship, right? But in this film, it's not between Hiccup and someone else. It's about Toothless, and, or it's about Toothless and the Life Fury, right? So that's the relationship that we care about, right? That's what the scene is about. Then we have a romantic flight uh, parallel. Again, it's not about Hiccup and Toothless like in the first film. It's Toothless and the Life Fury, right? And that's when they, you know, Toothless discovers his power. It's when... Um, Toothless is like flying with the Light Fury and there's the Aurora in the background, just like Romantic Flight. Not saying that Hiccup discovers a power in Romantic Flight. Maybe the power of seduction. I don't know. But, <laughs> the power um, of puberty. Power of puberty. Yeah, puberty <laughs> power. That's the one. And um, 
But yeah, again, you know, parallel between that film and the first film. Again, it's between Toothless in the first film, first film, or, or Hiccup in the first film, and Toothless in the second. So Toothless, I think, kind of is the main character of this film. Forget Hiccup. I wouldn't go that far. Forget him. For every scene that Tooth or that Hiccup wasn't in for Toothless, Hiccup had one where he was going off and doing stuff with the gang without Toothless. I feel so, like they're equally. Yeah. They're more equal in this one than in the first movie. Yeah, but in the first movie, you know, we saw, you know, scenes where Toothless is going off with his gang. Oh, in that exclusive director's cut no, that I haven't it, seen. You know, like in the first scene when he's like flying through Burke and like hits the buildings and stuff. People are like, he never kills a human. He just goes after the food. I'm paraphrasing. And then he goes and kills a human in the second film. Like, ha. I guess he does kill humans. <laughs> just just the important ones, like dads. Like All right. Storage. On that note, let's let's get back to the story here. Um, <laughs> Milf subplot. Okay, let's talk about that. Um, oh, we're not going to say Milf? <laughs> I'll allow it. I'm the not allowing it. Not loud interaction subplot. Explain to me what the explain to our viewers what the initials of MILF stand for. Mother, I love fondly. <laughs> That's and Snotlout fondly appreciates Volka in this film. All right, yes. I'll let it go. I've got to say, when I came out of the TIFF screening after seeing Astrid make that your mom joke to Hiccup about Snotlout and Volka getting married, I was pretty shook. And the film really did deliver. Like, that wasn't a passing thing. That was a, not a plot point, but it was a running joke. I appreciated it. And it was very, very on par for Snotlout, which I liked. I think all of the, not secondary characters, but all the members of the gang. They all had their own moment in this film. And I loved when um, there's like that little snippet of a clip where Valka and Spiteloud are arm wrestling. Yes. And she totally beats him. It's not it's like, oh my God, she's amazing. <laughs> like this is the stuff like, that oh I God. love to see. Just like all the characters being themselves yeah. on like a regular basis. Like I love the drama with Toothless 2 and the hidden world and all that. But I just love all the characters. I'm so lame. You heard it here first. Sarah loves all the characters. And I'm lame. And she's lame. How to transition away from the MILF. So the thing with Snotlout liking Hiccup's mom was really funny. But just in general. There's a reoccurring theme in this film. Can I comment about the MILF? Yes. Yes. Why is it that a man cannot respect deeply a woman without it being sexual right this is a guy it's not loud who's like volka is really cool and impressive and crazy right because she is like let's face it she arm wrestled this big beefy viking and like you know she doesn't look that strong but like she totally destroyed him and she's a great dragon trainer and she's like like pretty much a she's not really chief but she's kind of chief a little bit like she has kind of an influence over hiccup and stuff what else she's smart she has the one of the best dragons of all so yeah I mean, 
there's a lot to respect I guess. in this person. He for, was openly for, flirting with her in the scene before that. Was so he? I don't yeah. think And I was going to say like for every other character, yes, then there'd be like that just respect side of it. But for Snotlout, it's definitely <laughs> I think this is context. really healthy for him. Really healthy. It's good because he finally can like I don't know. Snotloud is someone who I, I, I'm glad he respects women. And then Astrid went ahead and like made it weird. Because she absolutely did make it weird. Yeah, but that was hilarious. It was hilarious. It was good. And she 100% gets a pass from me because it was hilarious. Yeah. Oh. I mean- but yeah, this film, pretty horny. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, why was this movie so horny? How did this happen? <laughs> Please let me know. I mean, we are convinced that the hidden world is just a euphemism. <laughs> is it though? For sex, for sexual awakenings. <laughs> you move from the top we, of my review post to the bottom. I'm just saying, right now. We've also moved from like the top of the line analytical discussion to the bottom of the barrel, which is yeah. also fine because that's right in line with our usual activities. No, but like, yeah, we're in all pretty uh, superficial. In all seriousness, it was like, there's Toothless gets a girlfriend. Everybody's getting on Hiccup, Hiccup and Astrid to get married. There's Snotlet and Valka. There's Gobber hitting on Eret. <laughs> like, that was right out there in the open. Yes. But like, subtle enough that the soccer moms maybe won't like have a breakdown about it. Yes. It's probably coming. Wait, did we mention the fact that Toothless likes a rock? Because he was horny. Yeah. <laughs> That's just weird. He was in heat. His hormones hit him like a freight train. Can you imagine, though? Like, Dean sat down one day and is like, I've got to write this scene that motivates um, going after the life fury again, right? Because that's what causes the whole plot to advance. And it's like, I want to show that this is really important to Toothless. And he's like, all right, how am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to make him look at other dragons that are, like, together like wistfully right all right that's all right one thing that's one thing write that down on that scene note card and uh what else oh i'm gonna make him lick a rock (laughs) he's gonna slobber a lot gotta slobber we never actually see that i thought he did wait do we he does yeah does he actually slobber or does someone hiccup calls it out he's like what's with all the slobber well no i mean he calls it out but i don't think we ever see it it just, it is known via dialogue that he slobbers. But anyway, he licks a rock, right? It's like, like Dean wrote that. It's he like wrote when you're that looking in the, in the mirror and you're like practicing your kissing. Yeah. Cut to Hiccup. No, not Hiccup. Cut to Toothless licking a rock. <laughs> That's in the script somewhere. Can we just appreciate that that was written on paper? And then it was printed probably many, many times, given to all the animators. And then it was approved by everyone at DreamWorks who approved scripts. They were like, yes, we need Toothless to lick a rock. I'd really love to know how much of these like character interactions and like the body language stuff comes directly from the screenplay and what comes from like the animators kind of taking the Oh, that's notes. even better. That's even mm-hmm. better. I really hope that it wasn't from the screenplay. I really hope there was like some storyboard artist 
who's like, you know what? I'm going to make him like a rock right now. And then everyone was like, yes, that, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Or maybe it wasn't even storyboard. Maybe it was like during animation when someone was like, you know, All what right, would be funny. Stick out that tongue. <laughs> if only we knew somebody that we could ask about this. If only we knew. If only we knew. Hmm. Anyway, any more comments about the horniness before we move on? No. No. Okay. I liked all of it. We'll okay. talk more about specifics later, I think. Okay. Specific so, horny moments. Relationships. <laughs> Rundown. Oh, yeah. We have a whole section on relationships <clears throat> because um, people like those. I like those. Yeah. Don't look at me like that. I'm not looking at you like anything. You're like, some people ship extra and you turn your head. <laughs> I did not. I did not say that. I mean, Hickstrid is fine. Nothing wrong with oh, wait. that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ass cup. Yes, ass well, cup. Also, you can't say it like that. That's not. How do you say it? Ass cup. <laughs> you gotta emphasize that ass. Ass cup. <laughs> Am I keeping that in the episode? <laughs> Might as well, right? That's We've fine. done worse. Yeah. yeah Whatever. So we already talked about this whole filming horny. So yeah, we already Let's said milk. <laughs> Mother, I love fondly. Uh huh. Yeah. So, Dean said the Hickster shippers would be happy, and he delivered on the ask. He delivered. You know who else delivered? Astrid. Two babes. She did. I'm proud of her. She did. She, she did delivered. Babies. You know who else delivered? The, ask cup, the baby ass cups. Well, we don't really know. Maybe it was Toothless who delivered. We don't know this. Toothless also <laughs> delivered. We don't know anything about the reproductive structure of the <clears throat> night fairy. Right? I kind of hope it was Toothless who delivered the three babes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, Sarah's out, so I'm running the podcast now. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, yeah, so I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to make a bold statement. I liked Astrid in this movie the best of the three. I feel like she was given her own moments to shine. Her interactions with other characters and her actions within scenes are... I'll say this. Fans love Astrid. And they have a lot of things that they want to see her do. And they have a lot of beliefs about what she thinks and how she interacts with characters on Burke. And I feel like this movie, we got to see... A lot of action moments from her, a lot of emotional moments from her, and a lot of moments of her interacting with different characters that we often don't get to see. Mm-hmm. We got to see her being embarrassed with Gobber, her talking with Volka, her and Hiccup having really honest emotional moments and silly moments as well. It was just great. I loved it. And she's my favorite character, so I I'm happy. She's your favorite character? Yes. There, I said it. Do dragons count as characters? Yeah. I'm going to be basic and say I really like Toothless. You're allowed to be basic. I'm pretty basic. But most people probably would be like, I like Hiccup. I do like Hiccup. I mean, Hiccup is the character that I relate to the most on a personal level, but Astrid is the one, I guess, that I aspire to be. Do you want to get deep here? I mean... If I can aspire to be anyone, you I aspire to be you? toothless. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because he's cool. 
Brooke, do you have any confessions that you want to share? Um, do you aspire to be know. any characters from this film? Maybe Astrid in a way, but I'm definitely, yeah, maybe I would say her. But then I also wish I was as confident as Roughnut in this film. <laughs> Roughnut was amazing. She was that was so something good. I didn't expect to get. Because she's, in the previous two films, kind of in the background a yeah, little bit. Yeah, we don't really see a lot of her. So it was really nice to see her kind of like have a little bit of a spotlight. Yeah. Something really bothered me about Roughnut in this film. What? I don't... How do I put this? It was really disturbing how she had mold spots on her hair, but then also had them, two of them, on each side of her little things in the same place, which means it wasn't that she just happened to have the mold spots there. She cultivated. (laughs) (laughs) That's very on brand for her. And very on brand for you to notice, Max. Thank you. But like... Throughout that scene, were you not like thinking there's something a little disturbing here? And it's not it's not that she has the mold spots, although that is already disturbing. I'm further disturbed by the cultivation. No, I think that's just part of her character. I wasn't really disturbed by it. I was like, oh, that's that's who they are. She's she's weird. Yeah. Like I don't know how you're both just like letting this one go. I don't know. I think we've just seen enough of their wackiness that like her having cultivated mold spots on her hair is just something that. And her brother really made surprising. a beard by tying his hair in front of his face. Yeah, that is. That's not disturbing though. That's just weird, right? I mean, we're all meant to think like, oh yeah, you know, he's that beard. That's actually hair, right? That's a joke. It's a running joke, right? But, like, it's not like a running joke that Ruffnet has cultivated. <laughs> no, but it's just very in character for her. So I wasn't like, oh, that's really gross. Why would she do that? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, I, yeah, it's, it's in character, I guess. Yeah. yeah, it's in. I mean, it is in character. It's just I'm a little disturbed by it, too. You're that's allowed to be disturbed. You yeah. You're allowed to be disturbed by a character purposely growing mold in their hair. That's and then fine. it's never brought up again. I mean, I would hope not. I mean, same. But that's disturbing. Now, I will say, Roughnut kind of messed up. She led Grimmel to Newburgh. Yeah, and that's what people complain about, right? They're like, well, I mean, to be fair, that is the thing to complain about. But like, when people talk about Roughnut, I don't know why they're not talking about the cultivation. Anyway, she did maybe, mess up. She did mess up. Maybe you need to pivot the discussion away from... Okay, from the, from the and cultivation. Tour with the cultivation, yeah. Would that make you feel better? Yeah, let's let's not talk about the cultivation anymore. Okay. But yes, Ruff was amazing. Mm-hmm. She has her quirks, but it was great to see her kind of have a spotlight one last time in this movie. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Tough Nut, I don't want to go too deep into this because I don't think DreamWorks wants us to, but I do think Justin Rubble did a great job by taking on the role of Tough Nut, I think he was kind of given an impossible challenge. Yeah. And he and like, definitely rose to it. It wasn't distracting. You know, like sometimes when, what, like for me, it was more 
just like it was more of a ch- of a big change to hear Kristen Wiig as Roughnut rather than um her voice actor from Drag like Race to the Edge. Mm-hmm. Like that was a bigger change than Justin Ruffle as Toughnut to me. Like after a while he he did such a good job that I didn't really notice it. But yeah. And it was the ADR. Which yeah. is like I did ADR. It's rough. Not <laughs> but yeah no I think he did a good job with that yeah I saw a couple reviews mention that it was distracting but I don't agree I think he did just fine and it did sound like tough nut it wasn't mm-hmm. like oh what's going on here it was it was the character I mean yeah. the only people who are distracted by this are people who are real serious fans who like well, have like- heard him and know what tough nut has sounded in other things so I, I do would, kind of respect their opinion. I would consider myself a real, real serious fan. And like I said, it was like, yeah, I noticed it. But after a while, it wasn't distracting. It was You're eligible for that weird. label. Yeah, You've done a podcast. More, <laughs> it was more weird to hear Kristen Wiig than it was to hear him, to be yeah. honest. It's unfortunate how things went down. And I understand why certain decisions were made. Um, but overall... He did a wonderful job, and I think that we should all commend him for that. Yep. It was pretty tough. Nut. Nut. <laughs> so one character we really haven't touched on that much yet is Grimmel. So we knew a little bit about him from the promo. Getting to finally see him on the big screen, I liked him more than I thought I would. I actually really liked him. Not like, like, I didn't like his, what his character was doing, but as, like, his voice actor was great. Mm-hmm. F. Murray Abraham, he was so good. I liked the fact that he hiccuped, hiccup's name yes. while sitting in Stoic's chair. That was hilarious. Hiccup's juice. <laughs> <laughs> Did someone say juice? <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know if that was juice, though. It was probably some alcohol. Like, water or whatever alcohol nightly scotch yeah but he really was like hiccup on the alternate plane where everything went wrong yeah with his motivations yeah like the what if what he was as smart as hiccup he was sarcastic like hiccup he was a man with a plan he was very knowledgeable about dragons yeah Practically on a level that we haven't seen from almost any other character in this movie. Like, Volca knows about dragons. Having the knowledge of the science and the technology to be able to drug these dragons with their own venom. Like, what? Are you kidding me? That's really cool. I feel like Volca knows more about dragons than Grimmel. Grimmel knows how to kill them. He's really good. Grimmel is like the Volca of Eret. I can see what you mean by that. Yeah. Yeah. Or is he Grimmel? Is he's 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 Hunter Volca? He's Barret. Combine Volca and Eret. Yeah. And make him evil with into into a yeah yeah yeah. Well, now we're getting somewhere in describing this villain. So he's our character Frankenstein. We take yeah. all these pieces make and make sense. one super vision, super villain. Those poor Death Grippers, though. They I hope, didn't deserve this. I hope they made it into the hidden world. Like, half of them died in that last battle. 
Weren't there like two of them still strapped to that rig when it went down in the ocean? That's not good. I hope they didn't die. I know. That'll be sad. Maybe they broke free of their juice. I'd hope so. That would be good. Poor little juicy boys. But that was definitely an interesting take on this mind control thing that we've been running with throughout the franchise. Because in the first movie, I'll let you take this one because this was your idea. And yeah. I don't want to steal it from you. How to Train Your Dragon is about mind control. In the first film, we had the Red Death. Or is it the Green Death? Or is it the Purple Death? It's a death. And it's big. Um, that mind control dragons, right? We had that. And then in the second film, we had the Bewilderbeast and we had Grimmel, uh, who also mind controlled dragons, right? Uh, in a different way. And now we have Dragon Juice, which is like also mind control. So we've got this recurring theme of dragon mind control. Although I feel like the mind control of the first and the mind control of the other two is kind of different. Because the mind control of the other two is kind of the counterpoint to Hiccup, who knows how to train his dragon, right? And so, fundamentally, when you're writing a movie called How to Train Your Dragon, you need to tell someone who's, who, who's watching it how to train their dragon. And Hiccup, he knows how to train his dragon, so... We need to show someone who doesn't know how to train his dragon or trains their dragon incorrectly. And so we have people like Grimmel and we have people like Drago who train their dragons badly. And that ends up being mind control. Right? In one way or another. And the first film had mind control, but that mind control, you know, the main point of that film when it comes to how to train your dragon was pick up learning how to train his dragon. So no one actually knew how to train dragons back then. So it was different. Mind control played a different role. But yeah, overall, it seems like this is a film series about mind control. Deep. Yeah, I know. I've been thinking a lot Deep. about this since about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of discussions on like the overall themes of the franchise and how that all plays from one film to another. And we're going to get into that in future episodes. Um, Can I just point out, like, one thing mm -hmm. um, that's been... This is the one question that I've had since the movie ended. <laughs> yeah. When Hiccup sends... And you guys know what I'm talking about, because I... I do know what you're talking this. about. Yeah, yeah. When Hiccup sends all the dragons to the hidden world, that's not all of the dragons in the world on Burke, right? So, like, how did the other dragons know to go to the hidden world is there like some dragon call chain like in 101 dalmatians <laughs> where they just That's tell each other to go how there? i imagine it like as or they're like, flying along hiccup just goes rar rar and then everybody's like oh hiccup, to go. hiccup goes what because like rar rar <laughs> if all like if all the tv shows and everything are canon right then there's tons of islands out there with like millions of dragons not millions but like they go to race to the edge and they're like that's change wing island and that's whispering death island like there's thousands of islands of dragons that would also need to go to the hidden world and then there's things like um the wing maidens and mala and dagger and heather like 
how do their dragons just leave? Like, does somebody tell them? I'm pretty sure the wig maidens are the only people who are allowed in the hidden world. I don't even like, think their, so. Their dragons just lift them up and they're like, we're going to the hidden world. And but, like, they're just know, strapped on. I know there's a lot of people that don't think that part of the franchise is canon and that's their opinion or whatnot. But like, I guess my big question is like that's not all of the dragons in the world right so how how do they all get to the hidden world honestly yeah. there are just so many unanswered questions related to this that's the only question that i have i and mean I, no like, but related to this it's like yeah what happened how do you how do you connect all the like do the change wings all die because they didn't make it like we could totally start a podcast about this i feel like this is a question for Dean as far as the logistics of this migration to the hidden world. And I bet he would have an answer for this question. And what about dragons that can't fly? Ooh. What about the speed stinger? Yeah. Or the, do, what are do, they called? Do they those deserve snake, to die? Those snake ones? <laughs> the slither, what are they called? Oh, the slither, slither wings? <laughs> I mean, if you don't know what a dragon is called, just what is it? what does it do? <laughs> and then add wing to it. <laughs> or wraith. <laughs> The Slither Wraith. <laughs> it's either Slither Wing or Slither Wraith. Also, I'm really upset that I never got my Snap Trapper. Ooh, this is awkward. So, just putting that out there, Dean. You should tweet at Dean that you're disappointed in him. I bet he, that he'd respond. The movie was great. I loved it. I cried. Mostly because I didn't see a Snap Trapper. <laughs> and when I get that DVD, you know I'm going to pause it on that Hidden World scene. And look in all its HD glory to find a snapdropper in the hidden world. You know how, like, uh, when the first film came out in theaters, and there was a mistake in it where Hiccup erases the tail fin, right? Um, but then it shows up unerased in his book later on. Oh, um, yeah. And then they corrected it for the DVD release, right? Because I guess people noticed. I mean, it was... I don't notice movie mistakes generally, but that was one that I did notice on the first go. Like, oh, that's... I thought he erased that. So they did correct it for the DVD and the, and subsequent releases. So maybe if you at-mention people enough at DreamWorks, they'll be like, all right, you gotta put a snap trapper in that scene just for Brooke. A post credit scene. A post credit <laughs> scene. one snap trapper <laughs> flying toward the hidden world. If I, if I ever <laughs> met Dean... And you know how people ask him to draw, like, toothlesses and stuff like that? Be like, hey, Dean, can you draw me a snap trapper? He'd be like, a what? <laughs> What's that? <A> what? <laughs> you know, little puffs of chocolate smoke coming out? That was, like, it's the like, coolest dragon. I think you're just making things believe. up. <laughs> <laughs> it was in, like, two of the films. It was in the first film, in the Book of Dragons. So, so like, who are you? What is a snap trapper? <laughs> Crushed. But, like, on that note, like, you know how people are, like, like with a hobgobbler, especially? But, like, with other dragons, too. It's a recurring thing. They're like, yeah, when they do interviews about, about the dragons, they say in the interviews, the person who's being interviewed, yeah, the hobgobbler is, like, a combination of a beach ball and a motorcycle and a bulldog. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I, really? Did you think it, did, is this how the dragon came about? You were like, well, all right, what if we put a beach ball together with a motorcycle. Like, I no way is that it. the case. No way did that they... They're just 
coming up with stuff. They're like, how much can we mess with people with this dragon? Like, what can we say? Can we be like, this, all right, you know, Crimson Gorgutter is a moose. Also, it's like a, a dinosaur, and then it's an airplane, and then it's like my lawnmower. <laughs> the Hobgobbler is kind of a bath bomb and kind of a wood chipper. I don't know. That's, it's fine. Yeah. If it helps we, we people need a understand. Bath bomb dragon. <laughs> if it helps the general public buy tickets to this movie, I don't care what they describe these dragons as. As long as people are buying tickets. And remember yeah. what we said. If you pirate the movie, you need to go buy at least four more tickets. There's no mm-hmm. playing around here. We gotta spend money on the movie. Show us them tickets. Spend that coin. Which you guys are doing. The box office numbers are looking good, but we must buy tickets. It's mm-hmm. the only way. Do it. Do it. Also, Do buy it. the score soundtrack too, because it is bomb. John and bring Powell people who haven't seen it. the franchise before. Just bring them. Be like, yeah. just come see this movie. And then they'll love it, and they'll watch all the stuff. Play the score for your friends. Have a party. Be like, guys, you gotta listen to this. It's called Third Date, and it totally slaps, because it does... You can be like, there is a wood chipper dragon in this. <laughs> like, if that hasn't sold it, then don't even come. Third date was a good score. I think my favorite was the hidden world, though. It's beautiful. Those vocals. The vocals. Jonesy. Oh. Those credits, too. They really wrapped it up with the sob fest here. The credits. Who are we talking about? What we, what made us cry? Let's go for that? it. All right. Oh, well, I thought I thought you were talking about like oh, I really loved the like the little drawings of the the little doodles next to I the mean, credits scrolling. Those were good too, but they didn't make me cry. The yeah, song, I was, though, I was about to say, cry. like did you cried to the doodles. <laughs> I mean, they're good, but I was still crying during oh, the doodles. Oh, okay, so it was but... a it was a constant thing that was yeah. prolonged, perhaps by the doodles. See, I was fine like the whole movie. I was like, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then the Jonesy song came on and the credits came on and Small Hiccup came on. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. Here it comes. And it all just came out. Yep. And like just seeing the little montage of the films and everything. Nope. Done. When Toothless popped up on the rock at the end and then the little nightlights came out, I just, I snapped. I don't know what it is. They're just so small and seeing Toothless, he's a dad. And then Hiccup's a dad and Astrid is a mom. Oh, and the kids are cute, but they're not as important to Max as the nightlights. <laughs> the nightlights are great. <laughs> they're pretty good. I went to Build-A-Bear Workshop to look for one and they're not in the United States yet. I tweeted at Build-A-Bear. I was like, guys, get it together. They didn't even have light furies. They were just totally sold out of all dragons. Wow. Anyway. I'm not going to go on a huge digression about Build-A-Bear, but we need them. So soon, hopefully. Well, we should probably wrap it up soon. Do you guys want to share your final thoughts on the film? We're obviously going to be talking about this more in the next couple weeks, but... We still have more things. We have many more things to go, but we We don't want to have a two and a half hour episode. (laughs) So we appreciate you guys sitting through this long enough. So any last thoughts on the film just in general before we leave? I I was going to tell you. I was going to tell you the thing that I think didn't really work out very well, but I'll save that for the next episode. Yeah. I guess we'll have to come back to hear that. Yeah. If I even remember. (laughs) We'll put it on our list. We still have to talk about technology, too. That tall grass. 
was pretty good. We'll do like a, a part tall grass. two. Dat we'll cut, cut this into two, a two-parter. Mm-hmm. So That'll work. if you want to hear the rest of our thoughts, come back. We have many more thoughts. Dat bad. But I think the film was worth the wait. It was beautiful. It deserves all of our money. They obviously well, worked so hard it. on it. Okay. it just They deserved the $20 I spent on the 3D ticket. Um, That's fair. <laughs> that is a was... lot to spend on a ticket. So. Yeah. And it was worth every penny. The story was beautiful. Yeah. The animation was beautiful. The voice acting was beautiful. The score was beautiful. The feelings were beautiful that I felt. And I'm so sad that we're not going to get more Hiccup and Toothless. But honestly, it's okay because this is a beautiful trilogy that will live on as one of the greatest trilogies of our lifetime, I think. I agree. And I can't believe that in this like amazing, crazy film, there are these like weird moments that somehow slipped in. Like the fact that we had Toothless who licked a rock. <laughs> what? And then like the, the mold cultivation. What? Anyway, a fantastic film. And I love that the weirdness got into. I liked this actually a lot better than the second movie. I liked the second movie, but this one just stuck with me more. So I don't know. Yeah, no, it was great. It was definitely worth the nine-year wait to finish this trilogy off. So it's been a long time, guys. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. <laughs> but we're still definitely here. worth the wait. But definitely. Are, are any of you wait. crying now? No. I feel sentimental, but you know. We're just sitting here talking. I'm not going to cry. If those nightlights pop out, though, if they're here, I'll cry. Where are you'd they? cry? Where are they at? They're you'd, cute. You'd... They're small. You'd cry if you saw a nightlight in real life? Yeah, probably. I wouldn't. If I saw any dragon in real life, I'd probably I do too. cry. <laughs> I don't know honest. if I'd cry. I'd just be like, wow. Now that's something. I would say exactly that. If I saw it, I'd be like, wow. That's wow. something. That's certainly something. All right, guys. That was our initial reaction to How to Train a Dragon, The Hidden World. Ooh, um, one more thing. I did eat the popcorn, and I'm <gasps> still alive. She lived. I forgot to update, I forgot to update that. I did eat Thank it. Thank God. <laughs> Didn't you get sick, though? I no. Mean, no? Okay. No. not. Right. I don't think... No. I mean, I did get sick <laughs> after, but I don't think it was Unrelated. Unrelated. An unrelated illness. Correlation does not equal causation, but... No. I'm so nope. glad that you lived through this. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good, Brooke. All right, Five you heard it here first. Way. Brooke survives. Guys, we really dead. guys, we'd love to hear your thoughts on how to train a dragon: The Hidden World. Now that you've heard our initial musings and thoughts on the film, please let us know what you think. You can find us on Twitter at Dragon Dropouts. We are also on Instagram at Dragon Dropouts and at DragonDropouts.com. You can find us on Tumblr and send us a message there. And let us know what you thought of the film and what you thought of our ridiculousness in this episode. Feel free to hit us up on social media. We'd love to hear from you. And all of our episodes are online as well, free to download on SoundCloud and iTunes. We will see you next week with more thoughts on the hidden world and more exciting things coming up. Guys, we are working on some really cool stuff. As soon as we get it pulled together, we will let you know how you can get involved as well. So hit us up, follow us, and we will see you soon. Bye.